When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello all and welcome back to another episode of the Game Time CT Staff Pickums Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Faguaga, and as always, I am joined by Sean Patrick Foley. Sean, how are you doing today? What up, what up? Everything's going well? Everything's going great. I'm still doing the live action podcast, uh, but we put the, the audio version down. So if you want candy for your eyes, uh, you know, wait a little longer and it'll be well, actually it's probably already out. Never mind. Yeah, I was going to say it's probably out by now. Yeah, yeah. It's out by now if you're listening to this. I, I realize this drops Thursday morning, so forget it. Anyway. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. Another week of games to pick. But first, let's just go quickly. Congratulations to Sean Bowley and Sean Barker <laughs> led the <laughs> way going eight and two last week. Um, then a bunch of us kind of just dropped the ball. A lot of six and fours, some five and fives, a four and six, and the eight ball went three and seven. Three and seven, but uh, pick Pomperogs. <laughs> Did pick Pomperog. So shout out to the eight ball for that, or they would have been two and eight. But uh, I feel oh, like you should get like bonus points if you pick one, if you're the only one who picks the team. So we next, did for next year. You should get like an extra bonus point if you're the only one who picks the team and then you so, win. You should get like an extra point. You know what I mean? So math is hard. Uh, Let me just say that. So last year we did the extra points for the game of the week. Oh, right. And it's complicated. So every week we pick 10 games. So when I calculate all the math, I'd make sure that the win losses is added up to that number. So all of our all of our records now are added up to 60 because we've picked six weeks of games. Right, you start throwing in bonus points in, then I got to go by win percentage, and yeah, it becomes right. a whole thing. It becomes very complicated. Well, I mean, yeah. all right, I know. Maybe I could throw that at the end. It could be a tiebreaker or something. Um, but yeah, math. I, I made a couple of mistakes last year that a couple of people pointed out because my math is very poor. But that's why I'm a journalist and not a mathematician. Yeah, no, no, one hundred percent. All right, so yeah, Sean brought up the big one last week was killingly. Everyone picked Killingly except for the X and the eight ball and Wyndham won. And the other big one was we all picked Stratford uh, except for the eight ball picked Pomperog and Pomperog won. Those were the two big ones from last week. Um, not like any crazy upsets as well. I mean, a lot of us picked Cheshire, Fairfield Prep won, but I know you, Barker and Dan Brecklin all picked Fairfield Prep. So you guys got that one, got that feather in your cap. We're going to dive into week seven. We have a great slate of games. I mean, we're already trying to figure out who's going to cover what because there's so many good games on the schedule for week seven. And with that said, Sean, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. 
We're going to jump into right at the top. We're going to go to the CCC, and we have Windsor, who comes into three and two, traveling to the Knights Den to play Southington, the number one team in the state, at five and zero. Oh. This is a great matchup, regardless of records. Uh, we know Windsor is a really young, good team. Chili White, almost said Chili Davis, but Chili White's doing his thing. Uh, Southington, uh, you know, Lincoln Cardillo, Evan Anderson, CJ DeBenedetto. I mean, they have so many good players up at Southington, but this is a really big test for Southington. This is also a crossover game in the CCC because Windsor is a Tier 2 team in the CCC. Sean, I'm going to let you go first on this. You you did win last week, so I'm going to I'm going to oh, let you man. go first on this one. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Southington here, Pete. Uh, I just think the uh, the Blue Knights a little more polished. I think uh, Windsor is definitely going to keep this one close. I think in the end, I think uh, they're uh, they're they're just a little more polished, a little bit a uh, little more seasoned. Uh, the veterans will shut through here. Uh, that's not to say that Windsor can't win. I mean, I expect Windsor to be in this game. And Southern needing to really, you know, play well to to, to beat them back. But uh, but in the end, I'm going to go with the Blue Knights. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. I'm going to go with Southington as well for all the reasons that you mentioned. I have been voting Southington as the number one team in the state, so I have to pick them. Um, but I, I do think Southington is just more polished and ready for a game like this. And I still think Windsor has, you know, a ways to go as they get older and and you know, get better as the year goes on. But, you know, they, they're they running into a buzzsaw in, uh, at Southington. So, all right, we're going to go. We're going to go uh, a little rematch of the Class M semifinals last year. Now, I'm not going to lie, this game had a lot more hype um, before the season. Uh, but injuries, you know, kind of things change as we get, you know, to the midway point of the year. And we got Killingly, who's 4-1, and one, going to Branford, who is, I believe, two and three, but hanging on to the final spot in their playoff division yeah. at two and three. This game was awesome last year. I believe it was 14-13 in the state semifinals. Came down to kind of the final drive. Brantford dominated, held killingly to like under 50 yards rushing, maybe under 30 yards rushing, whatever it was. It was crazy. Uh, but these teams are the same, but also are different and are at different spots. Um, Killingly lost last week to Wyndham. Uh, I mean, awesome for the Whippets, but Killingly is sitting at four and one. I think we all assumed they'd be in here undefeated, and I think that we thought that Brantford would be over five hundred yeah, uh, at this point of the season, but they are not. Because of that, you know, I, I, I was, I thought Brantford was going to win that semifinal game last year, um, but I, I, I think I did. I think I did pick well, Brantford. There you go. That's why game. you guys lost. Yes, that's probably true. So for that, because of that, and to do a benefit for my killing uh, for my Brantford guys, I'm going to pick Killingly in this game. I think Killingly is is not happy. Uh, I think they're going to play very angry on Friday night at Brantford, and I think they're going to take it all out on the Hornets. So I'm going with Killingly, Sean. Yeah, you know, uh, I I think Brantford's kind of reeling at this at this point. You know, it's just not gone their way. Um, you know, losing Chief obviously hurt. They've been kind of struggling to, to figure out uh, what to do next. Uh, obviously, they beat Waterford in their first game, and uh, but they all prime time lights are on. They got to play some of the big teams against their you know in their in their SEC tier three. You know, Law beat them up. Guilford beat them up again. Um, I have a hard. I, if this was if they were doing what they were doing last year, I would actually pick Brantford in the spot. 
Um, even if, you know, because I, I, I think Killingly's got a little bit back on the heels. The mystique is gone somewhat. You know, Wyndham just completely stripped this Killingly team of all of its mystique. And now it's just the regular team just trying to, you know, get seeding. Because they're going to the playoffs, let's be honest here. Yeah. If you've seen the uh, playoff division pairings, I mean, uh, they're going. Uh, but uh, now it's all about figuring out what their best seeding is going to be in Class Double M. You know, try and avoid North Haven, which I think will be there too, as much as possible. That's basically the mo there, um, and, and Double M. But uh, anyway, that said, I, I think like you just said, Killing is going to come down here, going to right the ship somewhat. Won't be easy. I think Brantford's going to show up their home turf. You know, they're going to have a lot of confidence after last year. But in the end, I'm going to go with the Killing League football team. All right. Well, we agree on that one as well. We got a nice, interesting Thursday night matchup in the FCAC. Trumbull at Greenwich. Trumbull is 4-1. and one. Their only loss coming to Staples in the final two minutes. And Greenwich, who is also 4-1, uh, beat St. Joe's last week, lost to Southington. We've talked about that game at length on both of our shows. An interesting Thursday night matchup. I'm, I'm going to say I think this is a... Maybe not a must-win to get him in the playoffs, but I think for Trumbull, they really want to come out and play well in this game and and really show that you know what happened at the end of that Southington game might have been a fluke. Um, but, Sean, I'm going to let you go first on this one. You saw Greenwich last week. How are the Cardinals looking? Cardinals looking really good. The offense kind of chugging along there. Konigsberg, um, Bumbalakis, uh, Wilson's throwing. You know, those receivers they got. Oh, one of them is, oh, man, I'm trying to think off the top of my head now. Uh, Al, uh, Charlie, uh, oh, Charlie Dixon. Charlie Dixon, Awesome. Yep. He was making just ridiculous catches all night long. The passing game is going along. The defense played very well early. I think St. Joe kind of figured things out on that end, and they got a little gas, too, uh, because they were coming back so hard on it. I think St. Joe's is very good. Greenwich, though, very good, very good way. You know, they the, the veterans stood up to put that game away, which is exactly what they need against Southern and didn't get it. I think they learned their lesson, and that was a big step for Greenwich's title aspirations going forward. Uh, you know, now they got to play a Trumbull team that, uh, you know, it's got it's got, uh, it's got some things to answer for right now. I mean, I, you know, that, that was a tough loss versus Staples. Um, I got still got plenty of questions about Trumbull. Uh, I don't have very many questions about Greenwich. I'm going with the cards. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going with Greenwich as well in this game, and I think it's one of the numbers I mentioned on the show last week. The Trumbull defense against quality opponents has allowed 79 points against Massick and Staples. That's not great. That's not great. And Greenwich is a team that can score and will score. Can Trumbull score with them? Absolutely. I mean, this game could be be a high-scoring affair uh, at Greenwich on Thursday night, but Unless the Trumbull defense has made changes, which I'm sure they have, but I don't think it's going to be enough to take down Greenwich. I'm going with the Cardinals as well. All right, another NVL matchup, another great NVL matchup. We talked about this team two weeks ago. Holy Cross, they're 5-0, and and they're playing host to Ansonia, who is 5-0. Holy Cross coming off that big win against Naugatuck going into the bye Blocking the field goal, Rowan Maldano blocking the the game, potential game winning field goal as time expired against Naugatuck. Leegee's playing well, Colette's playing well, Campbell's playing well. Holy Cross is riding a high, and they get to welcome in Ansonia with David Cassetti and Chris Kaminsky and all the aura that comes with playing Ansonia. Holy Cross is riding high, 
And, you know, a lot of people said Naugatuck was the best team in the NVL before the year. I think that's obviously not correct right now. Obviously, things right now can change. And, you know, if, Holy, if Ansonia beats Holy Cross and Naugatuck beats Ansonia on Thanksgiving, it's going to cause this little three-way thing at the top if all finish with one loss. But, you know, this one's definitely a great one. And uh, I'll go first on this one. And I'm happy that Holy, you know, I'm happy for Holy Cross. They celebrated that win against Naugatuck and they were all excited. But I think Ansonia is a different animal, different beast. And uh, I think the Chargers walk out of Municipal with a win. What about you, Sean? You know, this would be a perfect opportunity to pick Holy Cross. And I'm sure, you know, some of my cohorts might have just done that. They don't know their history. They don't know, or they maybe forget because Ansonia lost at the end of last year, that, that Ansonia once won 101 NBL games in a row for 10 years. Is this the Ansonia team of old? Is this the Arkell Newsoms and the Daquan McKnights and the, you know, so on and so forth? Are those those talented teams? There, there certainly could be. There were some warning signs, though, a little bit uh, a few weeks ago. Gilbert Northwestern, Hoosie came into town and uh, had Ansonia down late in a game at Jarvis Stadium, which, you know, certainly makes your uh, ears perk up and you know, your, your, your eyebrows arch a little bit. You know, what's going on here? But, you know, Holy Cross, they, by all rights, really should have lost that Naugatuck game. Naugatuck didn't put them away. You know, you want to call it some fluke plays, some great plays by Maldonado. Uh, you know, the fumble on the kickoff, which led to a touchdown only 20 yards ahead ago. And then... Holy Cross basically then they then they went for one they went for the extra point rather than going for two making a three point game you know opening the door for Naugatuck to come back and win that game just with a field goal but as we all know Maldonado blocked that but if you all remember they were down fourteen points against Naugatuck on their home field I starting the more I think about it, I'm more thinking about it, you know what you know good teams take advantage of opportunities. But can they do it again? That's the big question here for Holy Cross. Can you now take that momentum and apply it to one of the all-time great programs in state history? Not to mention just a team that just smothers your entire league and basically makes the whole league almost irrelevant because of how dominant they are as a small school. That said, I am going with the Chargers. I know better than to pick Holy Cross in this spot as much as... uh, you know, some warning signs are there. They, Ansonia lost. I, you know, this is where Ansonia shines. And, uh, you know, all day, every day with Cassetti and the crew. Uh, I think uh, Brock certainly has a great game plan for this. And his kid hammered into his kids. They know that they have to bring their game this week. It's a huge game for them. Ansonia doesn't get many big, big uh, fluff game or big, you know, pump up games like this. But now that it's here, they will they will show up. I'm going with the Chargers. I agree. All right, we're gonna go to the Pequot, and we got a little roundabout way of saying <laughs> we got Ellington four and one. They are going to Stafford to play the three and two Bulldogs. Um, good matchup in the Pequot. Uh, Ellington off to another great start under Keith Talkis, the second time as the, he was the founder of the Ellington program. Yeah, he's in his second year back with the program, led into the playoffs last year. And then Stafford, who's kind of been one of those mainstays in the Pequot under Brian Mazzone. Um, you know, Ellington, 3-1. and one, You cannot not be impressed with how they've played with their one loss coming to SMSA, who's beaten everybody. 
And Stafford has a loss to Granby and to North Brantford in overtime. Uh, this isn't the Stafford teams that we've seen in the past, but still have a great coaching staff up there. Um, Sean, who you got? Who you got in this one? It's a great question. Um, this is, a, you know, one of those, it's seemingly rare uh, league games that, yeah, everyone circles on the calendar, you know, if they're in the, uh, if they're in the neighborhood or if they're from that region, you know, Ellington, Stafford, two very similar, similar communities, you know, lots of crossover, you know, that, and maybe throw Rockville in there and all the others. Uh, I love the, I love the area up here. It's gorgeous. Uh, and, um, you know, this is one of those just fun, fun games. No matter what the records are, you know, people want to go and they want to see they got a little bit of bragging rights for the kids and the team and all that stuff. And, um, you know, I think there was a moment, Dante Magnifico of, uh, of, uh, Ellington, yeah. of, of Ellington, you know, he's been, he's had to shoulder a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of Ellington's, uh, load this year. And uh, so far, so good with them. You know, obviously, like you said, four and one, they're looking pretty good. He only lost this to a very good SMSA team, um, you know, and, and Stafford, you know, that North Brantford team's good, you know, losing in overtime, that's got to hurt. But, uh, you know, and then their other loss, it's a tough one. It's tough because, I, you know, either way, you could kind of go with it. Obviously, I, I'm going to go, actually, I'm going to go with Ellington here. Just feel like, uh, you know, I just feel like they might be just a little bit better uh, this time. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but, uh, you know, Magnifico, I, you know, uh, Ellington. Well, we, we, we've spoken about this on the show. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, Brian Mazzone was, you know, coached under Keith Takis at Ellington. Um, I believe he did special teams when Eric Knickerbocker from Rockville was the DC. Or one of the games I was at, they... Anyway, um, so this obviously adds that wrinkle to it as well. And in this game, I, too, am going to go with the master, and I'm going to go with Keith Takis. Also, I can never pick against Keith. Uh, he dressed up as Darth Vader once to a Rockville practice, and I just have all the respect in the world for someone awesome. who could do uh, that. My thing here, Pete, in this game is I, I feel like you said it, and I feel like Stafford's just not peak Stafford right now. Yeah. Not, this is where you guys got to get it back, Stafford. Yeah. But right now, after what I've been seeing so far, not peak Stafford. So you want to you wanna turn the season around a little bit here? This is where you start. Agreed. All right, going down to the SEC. This one's one I think it's been circled on our calendar since the beginning of the year. We got Shelton. It's four and one. They're going to Ken Strong to play the five and zero Blue Devils from West Haven. Shelton SEC Tier One. West Haven SEC Tier Two. This is West Haven's biggest battle of the season. This is where we're going to see what West Haven's made. Right, they've kind of had. Uh, a somewhat of an easy road to five and zero. Don't get me wrong, going out and winning games is is hard. It's not an easy thing. Uh, they beat up Notre Dame West Haven to start the year, which was very eye opening for a lot of us. Then they went and played Amity, Guilford, Hillhouse, Wilbercross. So you know this, I think, is West Haven's biggest test of the year. Shelton has been tested every single game this season. They played Ridgefield, Hand, Windsor, North Haven, and NFA. Um, they lost to North Haven by eight. This Shelton team is battle-tested. This is huge for West Haven. That said, I'm going with battle-tested. I'm going with Shelton in this one. I think the Gales are one of the best teams in the state. I think North Haven is really good. Um, but I think Shelton is just really, really good. 
Um, and I think they take on. Uh, I think they take on and take down West Haven uh, on Friday night. This is uh, this is a tough one, man. This is a great game every year. I remember going to my first Shelton West Haven game at Finn Stadium. Two weeks after it was like September. Uh, it was like two weeks after 9/11, or the week after 9/11. Um, and uh, it was at the old Finn Stadium when it was, you know, the, 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 the marsh field that they had up there. It was only a couple of years away from getting refurbished. And, uh, you know, every, that, that game was just a, a, just a battle. It's always a battle between these two teams. Then you had the game that was at Ryan Field when they were, when they were rebuilding Finn. At Ryan Field, you had the, the great comeback by West Haven in that one. You know, Jackson with the touchdown pass. It's This is a game that's steeped in lore. And nobody's really been able to get a real, you know, edge on the other teams uh, over the on the other team over the years. I mean, certainly Shelton's had its three-game win streaks over a few times, but then West Haven will come flying back and win some pretty dominant games. I mean, uh, only recently, uh, the last time they played, they actually played the season opener. You know, 21-13, a great game that I was there for at Finn Stadium. And then prior to that, that was a 21-13 uh Shelton win, and then prior to that, Shelton beat him up 42-12. Then they played in the playoffs in 2017, 46-7, a West Haven win after losing a shootout, 38-28 during the regular season. So this game has been very good to the SEC. It's been a shame that they haven't had it more consistently with this tier setup. I mean, yes, they didn't they didn't play last year, which is, you know, that's... This team, this game needs to be played every year. It, it does. And uh, I'm glad we're playing it now. Um, so, you know, I, I know between the two of them, Shelton's had its issues. You know, certainly got bit by North Haven, but I don't think West Haven's quite North Haven. They definitely have speed. And that's going to trouble Shelton just a little bit. The Shelton's got some speed, too. So it's going to be speed against speed, and maybe Brawny and Sprawn here. Uh, I think I'm going really long-winded here, aren't I? <laughs> I think I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the Westies. At home, Devin Robinson quarterback i think they're playing great i think they've had their time they bided their time i think their time has come i'm going with the west he's the knockoff gales i think uh i don't know i'm just i just have a hunch pete i just have a hunch i know i'm gonna hear about all about it from Shelton on friday night because i'll be there uh but i'm gonna go with the west all right <clears throat> well we disagree on that one all right, we're going to go to the SWC. We got a good small school matchup in the SWC. We have 5-0 New Fairfield against 5-0 Joe Barlow. The two remaining undefeated teams in the SWC. Overall, not just in SWC play. But this one's good. Justin McCormick, quarterback for New Fairfield. One of the better dual-threat quarterbacks in the state. Going up against Danny Shabin and co. Um, you know, running that fast-paced, running the ball offense right down your throat. Yeah, um, triple option. Yeah, triple option offense. I mean, this is a great SWC matchup. Two 5-0s this late in the year. I mean, that's just incredible. They're both scoring unbelievable clips. Barlow's got 209 points over five games. New Fairfield's kind of right behind him at 191. So this could be a high-scoring one, um, unless the defenses play well, but uh, Sean, who do you got in this one? Barlow, Shabin, or McCormick? Yeah, it's a tough one. Listen, because Barlow, Barlow, I thought their front seven played very well against the running offense of Weathersfield uh, a few weeks back. I saw that game live. I thought they ran the triple option really well. But, you know, Weathersfield found some ways to kind of stop Shabin in that one. I mean, yeah, he ran for like 100-something yards, but he ripped off a big run. They kind of limited him after that and only needed the sophomore later on to kind of 
you know, punched through the line there. And then there was a late in that Weathersfield game, Weathersfield was able to come back with some pretty, you know, good passes. There were some guys that were wide open that Weathersfield just couldn't hit. I don't think that's going to be a problem for New Fairfield. New Fairfield will hit those passes. So uh, maybe a little bit of a porous. I think you're right. It's going to be a kind of a high-scoring game. It is tough to, to uh, defend against that triple offense, triple option offense. Um, that said, I, I'm going to go with Barlow. I, I just think the defense might be being just be a little bit better in this one, but that is not to say that New Fairfield won't make this a game. It certainly will. But I just feel like Barlow is going to be able to kind of mow their way downfield in, in, in this one, especially yeah. at home. Yes, exactly. It is at Barlow. I, too, am going with Barlow. Um, I think this can be a great game, though. I think it really could go either way. But I'm gonna go. I picked Barlow to win double S at the beginning of the year, so yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride that train. You and Matt and McKinnon going... are, are on that train. He, you know, he, I think he thinks Barlow's gonna win it too. <laughs> All right, well, Matt's Matt's a smart guy, so it's good company to be in. All right, yeah. so we're, we're both going with Barlow. Gonna go off to the FCAC. This game was awesome last year. It was a real big upset last year. Uh, this year, a lot of new faces. We got five and zero. New Canaan going to Wilton this year play the Warriors who are five and one they've actually played six games and if you look at Wilton's schedule they actually don't have a bye until the week before Thanksgiving and they don't play then they don't play on Thanksgiving so if they make the playoffs there's something like 18 days in between games which is just fascinating uh but this is this was a great one last year Wilton pulled the upset um beating New Canaan I think for the first time since like the mid 90s and then went and turned around and beat Ridgefield the next week so this is that point of the schedule for Wilton they lost to Darien last week um in the final drive I mean the final couple of seconds this Wilton team with a lot of new faces is playing really well and then we got New Canaan who you know we're, we're still kind of scratching our head about we're not 100% sure how they look they're they're scoring you know they they actually lead the FCAC um, I'm sorry, they're second or third or fourth in the FCAC in points scored. Um, but their defense is just unbelievable, allowing just 21 points this year uh, going up against Wilton. Um, you know, it, I, I wanted to pick Wilton last year because um, I just really liked the way that they were playing heading into the New Canaan game, even after, you know, they played really well against Darien last year. Uh, but I didn't. And I'm not going to again. I'm going to go New Canaan. I just think their defense is so awesome, and I think they're going to really do. They're really going to be able to hold Wilton's offense in check. What about you, Sean? I'm going with New Canaan. Wilton has, you know, started off in the easy schedule, you know, and then they found themselves in a dog fight against the Darien team that's, you know, had its struggles as well. Um, granted, they probably should have won that game, but uh, and this would have been having even more. But I think. Uh, I think, we, I mean, right now, New Kansas is playing at a whole other level. They also haven't played very many people, but I just feel like in this spot, I mean, all day, every day, I'll pick New Kansas. All right. Got two more left. Let's uh, run through them quick. We got um, we got Weaver. Weaver of the – they're playing in the Pequot, right, Weaver? The ECC. The ECC. I apologize. I Weaver don't blame – no, you don't, ECC. don't blame me for not getting that one. Uh, they're 0-5. They're still looking for their first win since they've returned as a unit, as one program. And they're going to be going up against Bassick, who is 0-5 as well. Um, I like this game. I think it's interesting. It's two city schools playing against each other in games that 
I know we're circled on their schedules at the beginning of the year of like, hey, here's a chance where we can have a really good one. So I wanted it on the board. Um, you know, Weaver, led by Jude Kelly, uh, is back. And Bassick, led by uh, former West Haven, Southern, Southern Connecticut State University football player, friend of the program, Desmond Lyman. Um, him and I had math together at Southern many, many years ago. Um, but this one's a good one. Weaver's coming down here to play Bassick. Um Sean, did you go first last time? I I went first last time, so you yeah. you get to go you get to go first on this one. This is a tough one. I mean, Bassick. If you look at their their schedule, they've only scored once, and that was at the beginning of the year against West Hill, and then they played Law, which is very good. Lost to them. If you lost to Abitech Maculate, lost to the East Haven team. That's also that struggle, and they lost to Guilford sixty nothing last week. That's tough, but it's really tough. I mean, they're uh, clearly not the level of those teams. And now here comes Weaver, a team that's you know just starting back up again. Uh, but they did have a JV season last year, which was which was nice, kind of get them acclimated. They play in the ECC. They're also point five, but they've had uh, they've actually been able to score just a little bit more. I mean, the games have been a little... have been a lopsided. Um, but is that a product of the ECC, or is that uh, that because they might be maybe a little bit better coached up, or maybe I don't know. I don't know what they are. Maybe they have some better players. Who knows? Um, that said, I, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Beavers in this one. You know, I, I, I don't think it's a product of anything other than I think they just might be a little bit better and they're able to be a little... I mean, they were in a relatively competitive game against London last week. What was that? 14 to 12 they lost. Yeah. You know, I know a little bit strongly struggling, but, uh, you know, that's uh, that's an interesting score. I don't really know what happened there, but uh, just given that, I'm going to go with Weaver. Yeah, I'm going to go with Weaver as well, and that New London game is a big indicator. I mean, Weaver is a really small school. It's a really small program. New, New London's a pretty big school. They're a pretty big program. And, you know, 14-12, I'm imagining that had something to do with some special teams issues on Weaver's part. But I think they're right there. I think they're right on the cusp, and I think that this Weaver gets their first win. I think it's, uh, I think it's very exciting. Uh, they get their first win under Jude Kelly and first win back as a full-time program. All right, we're going to go into our last game of the week. This one's on Saturday. We've picked this game. We've picked this team a lot this year because they've just been in so many games. We have three and two Ridgefield going to going to St. Joe's to play the two and one Hogs. I'm pretty sure. I think we've picked St. Joe's every week or almost every week that they've played. They've been in great games all season. They fought against St. Joe. Uh, they fought against. Greenwich last week in a really close game. Uh, you know, Sean, you were there for that one. I think you've seen St. Joe's, I think, four out of their five games. I've seen them two or three times uh, this year. This one's a great one. You Ridgefield's three and two, but they lost to Greenwich and Newtown to open up the season. They've won three in a row coming off their bye. I think they're feeling good. Kyle Cosley had a huge game in uh their last win i think he had something close i think i read he had something close to like 200 yards receiving justin keller's playing well my boy um they go to they go to st joe's and they're running into a team that is playing really really well um i've picked against st joe's every game this year every time they've been on the board i have picked against them i picked against them against darianne I picked against them against Staples. I picked against them when they beat Massick. And I picked against them when they lost to Greenwich. So I'm currently 1-3 picking St. Joe's games. Not ideal. You're a doubter. You're a St. I am a doubter. doubter. I think, But I think they like when I pick against them. Oh, yeah. I think they do. They so, say when, whenever I go up to show up to a game, and I've been to almost all their games, except for Danbury. 
They say, where's that trader Pete Paguaga? Exactly. We're going to show him. We're going to prove him wrong. <laughs> that said, I uh, I think I'm going to I'm going to break it this week. I'm going to oh, go with St. Joe's. Yeah, I'm going to go with St. Joe's. I think they're just playing so well. Will Singwall is is so comfortable under center now for them. He has a guy like Hutchinson to throw the ball to. Riley Jordan's running the ball well. The defense kill Martin. They're playing great. Uh, I'm going to go with the Hogs in this one. Quick fact, Pete. Fact check, I should say. When was the last time Ridgefield beat St. Joseph? I don't know. Do you know? Yeah, I do know. The year was 2005. 28-7 victory. They've lost seven straight in uh, seven, seven meetings since then, including 17-14. It was close last year. There was also another close one in the game that I left. I think they were. I think St. Joseph was up or something, and then they came back, twenty-eight point comeback, and they lost in that one, 38-35, 21-17-20. It's been close. Richfield's been right there. That said, St. Joe, like you said, is playing as good as anybody. A couple things go their way in that Greenwich game. We're talking about them instead of Greenwich right now. Greenwich uh, certainly had its hands full with uh, with Richfield earlier. I think Keller's great. Uh, the defense, though, uh, it concerns me at Richfield in, in, in a big game right now. That's what's going to need to play very well. St. Joseph has got a lot of weapons, you know, between Riley and uh, and Hutch and some of the other receivers who played great in that Greenwich game, especially in the comeback. I'm definitely going with the Hogs. All right. That, that will do it for this episode. Uh, great, great, great slate of games. So you will see Sean and I and all the rest of the game time ct selectors out there at games so make sure you let them know that that you listen whether we picked against you or for you yeah but looks uh like I'm, looks like i'm stat i'm i'm planting my flag in west haven this week let's go apparently let's go. i don't think you'll be the only one though when the board is released yeah, right. so uh i'm your host pete paguaga and for sean patrick Bowley, we'll see you guys next week